Plus Ultra. Welcome in. My name is Kyle. With me today, Federico. What's up? What is up, Feds, my friend? Not much. Episode 72. We get another Kirishima episode. This one simply titled Red Riot. Gotta tell you, Feds, uh, I have been loving all the Kirishima love that we've gotten in the last month or so. Yeah, man. I think it's like two out of the last four episodes or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, he plays well with Tamajiki. And uh, we got a big piece of that a few weeks ago. And we had a Tamajiki episode just last week. I've been elated with how much Kirishima love we've been getting. Rightfully so. I will say, though, recent developments have me paranoid as fuck about this now. (laughs) Okay. Recent developments in the Twitter world. That we will talk about toward the end of this episode. Because uh, I don't want to jump ahead. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, this Kirishima love got me feeling a different type of way. Paranoid way. And I don't like it, I dare say. Neither do I. Today. Hey. Hey. Episode 72, Red Riot. We're picking up off episode 71 where Tamajiki has now um, finished off. Three bullets of the Shia Saikai. Shia Hasaikai. I got to get better at that. Uh, he gives them the uh, the neurotoxin from his toxin. The neurotoxin. Isn't the neurotoxin, dude? From his <laughs> from his tentacles. That's not a very Boston way to say tentacles. No. From his flippers, guy. <laughs> this fucking tentacles, dude. Gives them the neurotoxins from his um, octopus tentacles, and it paralyzes them so that way they can't run away. Well, cool. Great. We're on the up and up now. Tamajiki has uh, subdued his targets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Except that, uh, you know, ever self-aware Tamajiki's like, man, that took a little bit too long. A little bit longer than I expected. Hope I bought them some time. Uh, hope I, you know, helped whatever get them to, to overhaul faster. I better get on with it. And then he goes to leave, and then he falls down, go boom. Yeah. By the way, it's Amajiki. What the fuck am I saying? Tamajiki. Why am I saying Amajiki? You should be saying Amajiki. So what's the T coming from? I don't. His first name is Tamaki. Tamaki Amajiki. Yeah. See, I'm taking the two. You're combining them. And putting them into one. Tamajiki. We should just call him Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, my new hero name's just Tom. It's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a com- it's <laughs> combining of two names, my two names into one, and then shortened down to three letters. It's Tom. It's Tom now. Amajiki. Wow, good job calling me out. I like it. Saved me yeah, a lot man. of editing time. Good. Lord knows I need it. <laughs> 90 minutes of fucking malarkey the other night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so... He fall down, go boom. Yep. I doubled yep. down on that one. So yep. uh what's gonna happen? I don't know, man. Is he dead? I hope, I hope not. What if he's but dead? he looks like he's exhausted as fuck. So all right, you know what? We may as well talk about it now. All right, because it kinda I, I forgot that this is how the episode started when I teased it because I forget how things happen until I look at the things that I wrote down ten minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So Amajiki falls down. Um We've got a lot of Kirishima stuff. We had a very Amajiki-heavy episode last week. It was literally called Sunny Drew, the big three. Yep. Um, I'm a little worried, paranoid, um, for purposes of... uh, Well, purposes. That's not the right way to say it. Colleen Clinkett Beard. All right? Voice actress for Funimation. Does a lot of different work. But she is uh, Momoya Yorozu on uh, My Hero Academia. Um, She posted up a picture on Instagram, Twitter... The other day, I think it was, I think it was Instagram. I screenshotted it, then I put it on Twitter because I'm paranoid. Um, and she said, just got done recording the uh, the vocals for you know the dubs for episode 74 of My Hero Academia. Um, that was not okay, and like she's like in tears, all very visibly emotional. So that said, uh, we've had emotional moments. Every goddamn week for 72 episodes. Yep. My Hero Academia is one of those shows that goes out of its way each and every time, each and every episode, to have that moment, maybe sometimes more than one, 
where you feel something. It emotionally resonates with you, whether that be uplifting and happy or like sad and some of the stuff that we've seen in Kirishima's flashback today is a good example of that and how he feels like he's failed in his past or whatever. My point is we've seen a lot of really overly emotional moments. One of the things we haven't really seen in this show is the death of anyone major, any major characters. Um, We've seen All Might retire, and that is something that will make a grown man sob every fucking day of the week, but ultimately All Might is still alive. So um, I think for a reaction like that, for her to pop out the booth and take a picture and her memorialize in that moment, um, I think it means that death is imminent. So uh, who, who is that person? We see Tom. I mean, <laughs> we see Amajiki uh, fall to the floor at the beginning of this episode today. Yep. And he seems like he he's way, exhausted everything, man. Way past this limit. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good sign in the shonen world, um, unless like you're way past your limit, and then you stay conscious, and then you overcome your limit, and then you kick the shit out of the villain. He doesn't have the opportunity to do that because again. Still a teenager. He fucking down, go boom. So he's passed out. And you fall ball and go boom, man. <laughs> fall down and go boom. Thanks for helping me out there. Um, <laughs> so I think Amajiki's definitely a candidate. So um, I, I bring up the focus that we had on him last week and the last few episodes. Um, and, you know, more specifically, like Fat Gum and his agency and like the characters around it, him, Kirishima, and mm-hmm. Amajiki. Um, we've also had a lot of Kirishima, right? You know, when. The Walking Dead was getting ready to kill a motherfucker. Yep. And they'd be like, hey, here's like a 45-minute episode where <laughs> right. 32 minutes of it revolves around this character's backstory from three years ago that you never wanted to see, but never going to make you think that you wanted to see it. So that way next week or maybe the week after, this motherfucker will get his throat slit and you'll feel really sad about it, even though you didn't give any shits about Axel, the redheaded fucking mechanic the week previous. You know how they do that? Yeah. I'm real worried. That's what My Hero Academia <laughs> is doing right now. Not that Kirishima isn't a character that we wouldn't give a shit about anyway. Amajiki, mm-hmm. though, we didn't have much of a reason to care about him until the last few episodes that he's been heavily mm-hmm. featured in. Um, mm-hmm. Not the last couple of meeting in succession, but the last two since this season have started. Right. We've had an opportunity to get to know him. We've seen flashbacks, a little third grade him, transferring to a little, little. Now I got a little Amajiki running around in my brain, a little Tom. Yep. I don't feel good about that. Oh, man. If I see little Tom die, I'm going to be so sad. Me too. But I'll be even more upset if Kirishima is the one to bite it. Poss- yeah. Possibility exists. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about people that we think are safe, at least. Deku. <laughs> yeah. And uh, imagine Chaco. They, could ju- they just killed Deku. Show over. Yeah. Done. And that's how the show ends. The middle of the third season, no resolve. <laughs> Deku's eyes closed. The world goes away. Yep. It was all a dream. He used to read Word Up magazine. Um, I think with you have to keep in mind with uh, Colin Clinkenbeard's reaction to this, it's got to be a character that we've got some kind of heavy connection to, some kind of heavy tie to. So that said, I don't think it's Deku or Chaco. Um, I think a good candidate could be, like we said, Kirishima, Amajiki, mm-hmm. our boy Tom. I think an easy one for them to do without really much setup on their part. So I think maybe they won't do it, but I think an easy one for them to do just to like get the cheap, not cheap. I mean, it's a character we love, but I think Froppy would be a really easy person for them to kill. Why is that though? Because she's a character that we've known a lot. She's not super central to this plot. It seems anyway, she's very much on the fringes of it, but she's there. She's not a Chaco. She's not best girl. So, she, I mean, and I always have been of the opinion that Froppy is kind of an underutilized character. Like, Yeah, me too. In a lot of ways, she was one of the only students. I think we've talked about it before. She's one of the only students that came into UA with a very firm understanding of how to use her quirk. Yep. And we haven't seen her have to go through, um, like, the understanding of how to use it. Like, she already knows. We've just seen her get better and better over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so and always calm, cool, collective too. Yeah, always. And the great example of it is the raid on the USJ when mm-hmm. her and Deku have to work together in that fucking boat water uh, arena zone, whatever it is. Great example of it. So with her, because she's not super central to the plot, but she is somebody that we've known since you know the first eight episodes or whatever of the series. Killing her wouldn't 
exactly i mean a it's a kid who's dying not a hero so that in and of itself is a little bit more impactful i think yeah and it's not somebody who the story cannot move forward without that's true unfortunately i love froppy me too i feel like i should probably use that monica real sound right now wonder if i used it i don't know man only time will tell Anyway, she could be an easy one for them to get rid of without much like of a of a headache surrounding it. Um so that's three people that we've mentioned. Kirishima, Amajiki, Froppy. I think Aizawa could be a pretty good candidate because yep. he seems to be a big focus of the Shia Hisaikai's like efforts to try to thwart what they're up to. Right. So there's a good example in this episode where Mimic shoots out this big old steel pillar at at Aizawa in the hallway when all seems really calm it just leaps out the wall and Aizawa's like oh man he's trying to take me out before I can use my quirk he knows how important it is to get rid of a guy like that in this situation Um, but Fakum and Kirishima take the hit they go down the little spooky trap laundry chute door and they uh, fight the sword and shield crazy mofks in the basement spear and shield they weren't on the quirk list you weren't on the list that's why we live in the basement. <laughs> That's what I imagine their story yeah. is anyway. <laughs> You're not on the quirk list because they make you live in the basement. Um, so that's one, two, three. Aizawa, maybe. I'm, I am still think maybe All Might's a possibility. Yeah, but then they'd have to write him into this episode going to that. And we'll get there in the preview. So let's talk about episode 72. Um, we already talked about Tamajiki. We think maybe he might die. Let's hope that he doesn't. Okay. Did Tamajiki again? Because Tom. <laughs> Tamaki Amajiki. Yes. I can do it, but my brain just is looking for shortcuts wherever I can find it right now, I guess. Tom. Tom. Tom Tom. Remember when Tom Toms were things before iPhones? What was a Tom Tom? A GPS. Oh, yeah. That's a stupid name. That was when GPSs were popular. And, like, if you had a GPS in your car, it was, like, guaranteed that your car was going to get broken into. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You left the big-ass disc mark on your windshield. Man, being poor never served me so well as it did back in the day, GPS being prominent before iPhones. Yep. Anyway, Tom, he uh, got his ass knocked out. Got the credits. Like that shit? Been practicing. I guess so. I have. (laughs) (laughs) So we see the group running down the hallway. It's a big old group. And that's when we have the scene that I just referenced a moment ago with uh, Mimic suddenly taking his power. Like they kind of have like the conversation like everything's calm right now. He must be upstairs focusing on the police. Right. In reality, he's just trying to pick a spot to try to strike because. You know, as if he pokes out, I think they say so much as an eye or an ear or whatever to try to get a look at the heroes. Yeah, eyes what can shut him down. He's going to be like, with his eyes, not with his mouth. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. <laughs> so he kind of uh, pulls a little sneaky on him yep. and tries to hit him with this big pillar of, you know, brick cement hallway and uh, the wall, the wall. Hit them with the wall. Hit them with the wall. That's when Lord Fatgum comes in. Lord Fatgum? <laughs> He's pretty fucking royal. How is he royal? He's portly in nature, which used to be a fucking sign of nobility back in the Dizzy. He's kind of pale, too. Isn't this supposed to be modern? What? Isn't this supposed to be modern? Hmm? Yeah, but maybe he's a man of old values and class systems. Maybe. I think about he doesn't it. have a crown or anything. He got a hood, though. I got a hood too. Look at it. Yeah, I can see it. Am I fat gums? No. Fat gums. Fat gums. I started just calling them fats. <laughs> anyway, fats Domino. Fats Domino. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes the hit, but he's not the only hero in the room, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. Our young man, E. That's what e. his friends call him. Ijiro Kirishima, aka the Red Riot. 
he also takes the hit, and they fought on the spooky laundry shoot together. And uh, the spooky laundry shoot. It's a spooky laundry shoot. Okay. I think. Okay. It's like a Scooby Doo thing. <laughs> yeah. And they fall out, and there's two chuds in the basement they got to duke it out with. <laughs> One of which is a big muscle man. He's a real fighter. Yeah. And by that he means he don't like no guns. He don't like no knives. He just want to punch you in the head. I like that Kirishima hates guns, too. So uh, he said that a couple episodes ago. I'm not too fond of guns right now. This guy, same page. He wants to fist the cuffs it out. I get it. Sometimes you just want to grab your friend by the throat, throw him down the stairs. Yeah, man. And show a sheer dominance. Show a sheer dominance. Pretty sure that's happened before. Hmm? What are you talking about? <laughs> that time you fucking choked out Brian Miller and Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I did it at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, it was at Dunkin' Donuts. You don't remember that? I don't remember that time. It's not the only time I choked him out. Oh, well, there's been a number of times you choked him out then. Yeah. <laughs> One time was in front of the Easter Bunny. In front of the Easter Bunny? Legit. How? He said some stupid shit. We were at the Swansea Mall. What a, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the Swansea Mall. He said some stupid shit. I grabbed him by the throat as we were walking by the Easter Bunny, put him down on the ground, and stopped choking him, and he apologized. And I said, okay. And I helped him up. Security was not called by the Easter Bunny. That's good. Thank God. Have you been God ratted you out? Ra- <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you <laughs> ratted say. out by the Easter Bunny? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be terrible. It's a fucking shot to your ego, bro. Yeah. You get ratted out by the Easter Bunny. It's like a whole new low. Yo, these two motherfuckers right here. Shut the fuck up, Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater. <laughs> Do rabbits eat pumpkins? Probably not. No. I feel like they, they should, though. They eat carrots. Oh, yeah. That's the other yeah, orange like... thing they eat. They're eating carrots. I'm sure they eat more than just carrots, but... Carotene. Good for the eyes. Yes. And if you eat too much of it, it turns your skin orange. Yes. I learned that from an episode of the Magic School Bus. Yes. I didn't learn that from that. Well, you need to up your fucking educational programming game. Okay. <laughs> didn't anyway. know that was so uh, pertinent to my life at this point in time. Dude, PBS has ads now, Okay. That's terrible. No shit is terrible. Call public funding a fucking thing. See what happens. <laughs> Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Kirishima and his uh, hero mentor, Fat Gum, fall down a spooky laundry chute. Mm-hmm. And they find these two chuds, sword and shield, chilling in the basement. One guy got big old muscles and wants to punch things. The other guy... Kind of reminds me of a thin version of Carlton. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Did you hear the way he talked? Yeah. And I don't mean that in a gay thing. No, I, mean I know. That, I know. I mean that in this guy clearly thinks and stuff. clearly thinks that he's better than this other guy. <laughs> he talks like such an asshole. <laughs> oh, my All God. Right. Carlton, hope now you're hearing this it. shit, buddy. I know you aren't. Butthole. I can see your point now. Gosh. Well, actually, shut the fuck up, Carlton. That's what actually, okay? God damn it. Glad I got that out. Anyway, this guy reminds me of a lot of Carlton. So they make this the sword and shield analogy. So this dude who is an asshole and talks like Carlton puts up real big barriers and bubble shield things. Mm-hmm. And uh, homeboy with the muscle arms uh, <laughs> shoots off his fist real fast like he's uh, Fist of the North Star or... Um, Ron Masatome with the Kachu Tenshin Amaguriken. Yeah, that's right. Tell me I don't like anime ever again. Anyway. I have no idea what that means. Most people won't. But if I have another motherfucker come at me and say that I only know things about Dragon Ball, I'll take this pen and stab them in the neck. Okay. Should probably give a less death threat <laughs> yeah, for probably. the public cut. If another motherfucker says I don't know anything about Dragon Ball, but shit. Who cares? We're moving on. <laughs> Next. Kirishima gets holes punched in his arms by the guy. So the guy's like, the guy meaning a uh, big arm old punchy. Spaghetti bro with arm no punchy. <laughs> oh, 
That's an old Mike Norm joke. Spaghetti Whirlwind Arm, no punchy. That's this guy now. So Spaghetti Whirlwind Arm um, talks his buddy, uh, Asshole Carlton Barrier, to let down the shield because he wants a good fight. And he wants to duke it out. And he's got like a really weird Goku vibe to him. Like Goku always just wants to fight it out and see the strongest fight. And yeah. same kind of deal here. Um, but this guy is oddly really scary about it. So um, Fat Gum goes to step up. But Kirishima decides that he's going to be the guy to uh, rush in and, and take that first hit. And it shatters, puts... Two big old holes right in his forearms. And I they looked at, hurt. And I looked at him and I said, Ooh. Those look like they hurt. Well, like, how does that get fixed? I don't know. Like when does he his skin like re- regenerate fast or something. I don't know. Like when he stops being in his hardened state or whatever. Yeah. Like what does it look like? I don't know. Like I don't know. Um either way. He gets pushed back against the wall. His absolute hardest uh, form, stance, whatever. The absolute most epitome of being a shield. Um, that's what asshole Carlton Barrier says to them is, it's a sword and a shield, meaning him and his buddy with the Fist of the North Star moves uh, versus a shield and a shield. So um, Kirishima is a shield that is broken right away. Mm-hmm. And he's feeling um, really down on himself about it, to say the least. Yep. And Fat Gum is forced to step up and take the hits, quite literally. So I don't know if I had an understanding of what Fat Gum's absorption quirk was. I think I knew it in theory. I didn't think that it would play out like this. But yeah, me either. Like we've seen him do like shit, like absorb, like bullets, and yeah, or like even a knife. I think, yeah, like, just clean into him, and it almost like shapes and around people. it like a donut. Oh, a person. That's what it was. That like actually like went through him yeah. almost. So today he's taking all these hits and um, absorbing all the power of the punches. And, you know, it's not the most untypical trope, but the the way this move is going to be powered is by the power of the enemy. So he mm-hmm. stores up all the power of the punches and he releases it. In the meantime, though, we get to see what it looks like when all the fat deteriorates off of him. And he looks like really thin, thin like in the face. But then you but, see pictures of his body. It's like Jack, He's like man. in super fucking shape. Yeah, he's Jack, man. So this guy must, I don't know, like how do you consume, like you got a character like Sato from 1A who's just like chugging cola and candy bars and shit <laughs> and using the sugar rush as like his his like his like quirk. What the hell does... Well, think about it. Like the Rock and like guys like that, they eat like fucking like... 10,000 calorie meals and shit. But they, they do just it work with, it all off. Yeah, but they do it with the understanding that they're using that caloric energy to build their muscles up. Yeah, I know. With Fatcom, like, do you think he just... I mean, A, he's already an in-shape dude, all right? Yeah. When he absorbs in all these calories, whatever he does to, obviously, I mean, uh, up the BMI. He's the right. BMI hero. Um, do you think he just, like, sits around on his ass for, like, a few months? I don't think so, man. How do you think he regains all that weight so fast? He Not that eats. we've seen him do it yet. Not that we've seen him do it yet. Right. Are we going to have to see thin fat gum for the rest of this? Ooh. Ooh. Did that, we just add... That's an, that's an interesting take because... Did we just add right. fat gum to the potential about, yeah. of who's going to die? Yeah. Ooh. There's a lot of possibilities, folks. I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens. Maybe it's fat gum now. Hope not. Hope not either. I don't think fat gum dying... I like him too, but I don't think it would elicit such a strong response from Colin Klinkenbeard to cry out in the booth with tears and post it on Instagram. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be somebody we care more about. Yeah. Uh, care about more. Maybe the better way to say that sentence, English is not my first language, so fuck you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> What's great is if you don't know if I'm lying... And neither do they. Oh, that's true. So as Fats Gumino is taking the piss beating of his life. <laughs> Fats Gumino? <laughs> that's his name. Okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. As Fats Gumino is taking the beating of his life, uh, Kirishima is forced to look at his holy forearms and say to himself, oh, no, not again. And we get... The full flashback from 
we got teased with a few episodes ago. And when we got teased with it, you and I didn't really talk about it at all because it's no. such a quick shot in that episode. It's really like less than 20 seconds. Yep. Um, we just totally glossed over it. Um, and we did not think or talk about what that flashback could have been. Kind of self-explanatory. At a certain point earlier in his life, maybe he wasn't so heroic. What do you know? This flashback that we get as he's looking at his holy-ass forearms, we get to see him being not so heroic as he attends the Mustafa Private School. Mustafa. What a name. I love that Horikoshi does, like, the names of things, like, off of things that he loved, like... He's probably not too much older than we are. Like we're right, we're like his peers in terms of age. Obviously okay. not in terms of mangaka or like um successful people in the world, but in terms of age. Yeah. Mustafar. Yeah, Mustafar is a planet on Star Wars. But like <laughs> Mustafa. Mustafa. Is the founder of modern Turkey. Modern Turkey? Yeah, like the the country. <laughs> not, not the it. not the bird. I guarantee I, I bet you ten bucks. There's a bunch of fucking doctors with that last name. Surprise. <laughs> I'm telling you, Horikoshi did not name that private middle school after the fucking Guy who founded the country of Turkey. It is Mustafa Ali, who was a wrestler. Nope. I'm telling you, it's a Star Wars thing. Yep. Well, that's all. That's all I got. All right. So anyway, back at Mustafa, not Mufasa, not Mustafar, not the guy who founded <laughs> Turkey. Back at Mustafa Private Middle School, we see a young Kirishima jump out the fucking middle of nowhere. To save this little kid is getting bullied by two other boys. This kid had an interesting quirk. Take yep. uh take leaves and turn it into currency. It's a pretty dope quirk. But apparently not permanently. It doesn't last very long. He can't make paper bills. I don't know. I've just never thought of that being a quirk that could exist, but cool thing about this I world mean, is literally anything could exist. That would kind of rule. Kind of plays into crystallizes quirk from a couple weeks ago yeah um more a similar vein but kirishima always the hero um hops out of the shadows and is like hey you beating that little boy up for chump chains it's not yeah. very manly it's not it's always about being manly <laughs> right it's always about being manly at kirishima yep it's not very manly guys <laughs> and the i fuck? like and i like that one kid turns around and is like who the fuck are you? <laughs> the other kid's like, oh, it's Kirishima. Don't worry, I got this. And he just picks up a boulder and just throws it at Kirishima's face. Right? Yeah. Uh, his quirk just makes his body just a little bit harder, but he's really not tough. And they run away, uh, basically bully this kid off until they get yep. to the end of the alley. And Mina Ashido of Class 1A fame is there in her fucking middle school glory. Apparently, she was a bit of a hot shot. Uh, at her respective middle school. She has since gotten into UA. It has become the fucking stupid kid in class, but we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's funny that they put those two together. Like, I didn't expect Mina yeah. to have gone to middle school with Kirishima. I don't think that that's referenced earlier. If it was, I totally forgot about it. Um, it it's funny that those two less than um, excellent students from an academic standpoint uh, came from the same middle school. <laughs> Or whatever. Um, she is something of the hotshot, and she is slated to be something of a success because she's got a very unique look, and she's very marketable, and she's got um, a really good personality, and all of the things that you know encapsulate the other parts of this hero world culture outside of the actual crime fight and then whooping ass part, like the business side of things. Mina kind of fares to do well in those aspects of her hero career should she choose to go that way so the idea of uh, her going to 1A is floated pretty early Kirishima on the other hand he doesn't know what the fuck he wants to do he and his buddies are kind of just like talking about aiming low they talk about they have that conversation like oh we should maybe apply to the same go to the same place and he's like eh, I don't know I haven't made up my mind yet I haven't put a lot of thought into it which is 
Totally not the case. This is all the motherfucker has been thinking about. Um, and then he has that moment, this flashback moment where he feels as if he failed. And it's like the most understandable of situations for him to have not acted in, given that he was whatever, like an eighth or ninth grader um, who was in no position to really do anything about it. Right. But he still is so effing hard on himself about his inability to do anything on it. And it breaks my heart and it just speaks to who he is as a person. But big old monster shaking a building, looking for directions to a hero agency, uh, threatening people, asking for directions. Mina Ashido and two of her classmates are there. Mina is uh, obviously rightfully scared, acts in the moment uh, and, and gives the directions So this dude will fuck off. And she does the clever thing and gives him directions to the police station. And then she gets scared and runs away because, again, she's a fucking kid. Right. Kirishima, on the other hand, who was, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away, sees this go down, can't move. Mina Ashido didn't have an option to not move. It was move or die. Right. Whatever. So she didn't have the option to run away from it. She was It was brought to her. Kirishima doesn't move. He beats himself up over it. Mina does a uh, you know a great job handling the situation. Her friends are really you know appreciative of her. She admits how scared she was, and it speaks to um, what Kirishima is yet to learn in this whole situation. Goes home, kind of beats himself up a little bit about it, and he starts to think to himself. And this line is the line that got me. This is like the. I don't want to say the meme moment of the episode or whatever we've been saying the last few weeks, but um, he asks himself, what if I had a flashier quirk? Uh, Would that give me confidence? Because he's just has this. I mean, we've got evidence of this dude calling himself mediocre going back at least last season. He makes some kind of offhanded comment. And I think Bakugo is the one who kind of sets him straight on it. Maybe it wasn't last season. It was earlier this season. Well, that's yeah, but that was like from yeah earlier this season. It was uh, it was like a flashback to like all of them in the common area. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and even in that scene, it's another scene where Kirishima's hair is like all down and not up. Like, yep, he's like in home mode or whatever. Right, uh, just relaxing. And I thought that that was an interesting visual to put on him uh, in that scene where he's you know actually down on himself calling him his own quirk mediocre and how once they become pros his friends are going to excel so much more quickly than he is and he's just gonna have to work that much harder now in order to kind of um make sure that gap isn't too big when that time comes like Mm -hmm. all these really cool respectful uh things or things that you could respect him for i should say um kind of come into play but with this piece today where he goes home and he asks himself like why am I lacking this confidence what if I had a flashier quirk like think about that and take away the context of superpowers Yeah. anything if I had more money I could just do that if I looked better I could just do that Right. if I weighed 20 less pounds I could do that if I uh, I'm, I, I'm fucking going bald if I had more hair I'd talk to that girl like mm-hmm Whatever that thing is that's holding you back, in Kirishima's case, it's his insecurity with, you know, the effectiveness or marketability or whatever of his goddamn superpower. But whatever it is that we're talking about, replace superpower with X. I think it's interesting to pose the question. What if I had that? What would it be like? Mm -hmm. Just strictly from a hypothetical and just trying to dwell in it for a minute. And I think this is very much what happened to Kirishima in this episode, which is why I stopped to point it all out. Um, he has the opportunity well not opportunity it's really kind of an accident sort of like some divine intervention almost no he uh, he drops the magazine or the book or whatever it is and this little video disc falls out of it mm-hmm. and you know he's feeling down on himself he just kind of pussied out from helping his friends he doesn't think he's got a marketable quirk and you know this anniversary book with the crimson riot falls out and the compendium disc fall i keep saying compendium for some reason <laughs> little video disc thing pops yeah, up like a video puck yeah it's weird i wish those things existed in real life they exist in japan is japan yeah, holding this out probably they holding out on us they're supposed to be like 
five, six years ahead of us technology-wise, something shit like that. So. That makes sense. But he says that he's never watched it. And it's just this interview with Crimson Riot from some reporter. And uh, the reporter starts with this exact thing that we're talking about. Like, back when you first started, you didn't have a super flashy quirk or a super effective, whatever, powerful quirk. Mm-hmm. And yet you're still that guy who's always the first to rush in and help somebody. What do you attribute to you not having fear? And he's like, I'm afraid all the time. I think the question was like, do you ever, are you ever afraid to go into those situations head on? Yeah. And he's like, I'm afraid all the time. Every time. What kind of stupid ass question is that? Dummy. Stupido. (laughs) Women. You'd be reporters now. Gosh. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that's not me talking. That's the Crimson Riot. True. So he sets her in her, sets her straight. He says, right off the bat. listen, lady, let me tell you a thing or two about being a hero. I'm always afraid. Um, still, the ability to act in the face of that is really what, and it's it's a fucking line that All Might's given us mm-hmm. in more than a few times throughout the series. Uh, the ability to act in the face of danger, the ability to interfere, acting, we technically don't have to, mm-hmm. the essence of being a hero. Same kind of idea, same kind of ideal. Even if you're afraid, um, and Kirishima even has this other reference too. Um, he gets this little motivational pep talk by way of the Crimson Riot about how, I mean, Crimson Riot goes on to say like what motivates you is, you know, I had this incident when I was a sidekick and I, I didn't act and I hesitated and this person died and I watched the look on their face as they died. Mm-hmm. And that look is what continues to motivate me to act because no matter how afraid I am of whatever the situation is, I'm more afraid of seeing that face of somebody else die again. Really, really powerful. And it's just, right. you know, it's it's Kirishima's whole thing in a nutshell. So he gets this little talk from, you know, his his hero. And then he hears, uh, and I think this is just like an interesting little detail to the world, um, kind of lends um, credence to the lore of Deku and, and Bakugo uh, mm-hmm. and how like their kind of big deals coming up in this hero world for their respective years. And they talk about how he hears this story in the media about how this other kid from another school, that kid being Bakugo, you know, tried to fight a sludge monster, whatever the heck it is. And how right before his friend tried to rush in to save him and meet in Deku. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's cool that word of that story has traveled around to so many different places. And when we get people's respective flashbacks, I like that they just tie in that little detail just to right. kind of give it all like some kind of firm continuity. Like we know what Kirishima is up to. When Deku's doing the Sludge Monster thing. Um, and then Flash to um, him deciding to not be a down and out, depressed little asshole. And uh, to continue to do his best despite train mm-hmm. real hard, work real hard, all that stuff. Gets a new hairdo, applies to 1A. Like we get the cool little flashback montage. It's very quick. Applies to 1A. He gets in. He gets the little... Uh, Principal Nezu welcome video, very cute. And then he walks off to school, and Mina Ashido is like, "Whoa, how much product does he use to get it to spike up like that?" I always thought until they started showing shots of him with his hair down earlier this season that his hair was just always like that. Yeah, I just thought it was like an anime character red, but that is, I like that they give him a natural hair color, black yeah. and like down to his shoulders almost. In that it humanizes him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That red hair is so much part of his physique and like what his whole thing is supposed to be hard and rigid or whatever. That yep. it's like that makes sense of his character designs like that. And then it's like, oh no, underneath he's actually not like that. He's a big old softy. And even under, you know, not even underneath, like that's him on the exterior, like that's him on the surface, but he dresses it up to, I mean, I don't know exude confidence or whatever the fuck it is pay tribute to the crimson riot whatever it is but we understand that at least now next time we see him with spiked red hair after we see him from you know this short black hair thing it's like the same guy you Mm -hmm. know like the hair doesn't really change him now no i think it i don't know i feel like the hair maybe has lost its impact i don't know what i'm trying to say either way I appreciate all of the effort that they're going through to make me empathize and feel for Kirishima. But why? Why? What's the purpose? They better not kill him. 
Dude, what if they do? I'm going to be very upset. I like that he still goes back and apologizes, though. Like, yeah, right? He still is like, hey, sorry hey. that I couldn't save you the other day. And they're all like, who the fuck are you? Sorry I was a big wuss. Like, <laughs> of all the things that you could have been afraid, like, even the girls are like, it's cool. We didn't know you were there. But, uh... Even if yeah, we, don't worry about even it. if we knew, like, but that's just the kind of dude he is. He's just eternally hard on himself. And that's not a penis joke. <laughs> Unless it is. What if it isn't though? I don't think it is. Okay. Um so yeah, Fackum, uh that's basically the flashback. Um we go back to Fackum getting the piss pounded out of him. Body shot, body shot, body shot, boom, 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 boom. By Rappa, right? That's his name. Rappa. Rappa. Rapper, Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> Got your attention, I'm a gurikin. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire technique. No? Oh, yeah. Nobody? No. Got to get the cat fist pill? Nope. No? Nope. Season two? Rama oh. one half? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you guys suck. Anyway, Fakum takes the Got your attention, I'm a gurikin to the kidneys, absorbs it all, gets real thin. Um, blasts it back at Muscles McGee arms and uh, Barrier Boy asshole Carlton Barrier Boy forgot about him uh, puts up a barrier around them and uh, then they go to hit Fackham before he's able to let off his big old blast or whatever and Kirishima gets in the way and he blocks it and he's like fuck all that I wanna block this shit now I'm back I'm Ijiro Kirishima, the Red Riot, and I'm about to run all up in your shit. And I'm all up inspired and shit. And flashback. He gives Fakum just enough time, that just the extra amount of time that he needed to be able to charge up all that energy, absorb it, and fucking shoot it back and give the final spear and sword, spear and sword, spear and shield analogy. Uh, I'm the ultimate spear, motherfucker. Wapow! Fuck your shield. And. Beats them both. And uh, while he shoots off that major looking blast thing, um, says, you know what you fucked up? <laughs> you don't know what you... you... <laughs> Let me try that again. You know what you all fucked up? He pulls a Vegeta. Shall I tell you where you miscalculated? <laughs> That's one of the best. episode. I think it's episode like 77 or 78 of Dragon Ball Super. Goku fight the Vegeta fights uh Goku Black and Goku Black's getting the shit kicked out of him and Vegeta's like, Wanna know where you fucked up? You a phony! A big fat phony <laughs> But that's not what Fat Gum McGee says today. When I call him Fats Gumino, Fats Gumino goes, You know where you fucked up? You underestimated the chivalrous spirit of the hero Red Rocket Blazow. Punch him pretty fucking hard, man. That was like some All Might shit. I mean, he did get hit a lot, like probably a thousands of times. So much to the point where he was uh, several hundred pounds thinner. Yep. Than when the scene started, when the episode started. So, yeah. rapper Sama did get blown away. Yes. And uh, it's the end of the episode. Whatever will happen now with our We're heroes. We're the winners. We're the winners, but our heroes are still trapped down the end of a spooky laundry chute. Yeah, no. I didn't see a way out. Did you? Maybe the Scooby gang will come bail them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shaggy will just show up and shit. I feel like Velma would be the one to find the spooky laundry chute, but ultimately when they go to investigate, Shag and Scoob are the ones who fall down it. And then it's Shag, Scoob, Fat Gum, and Kirishima at the bottom of the spooky laundry chute. And they're just looking for sandwiches because they're hungry. Yeah. Fat Gum especially. Mm-hmm. Fat Gum and Scooby-Doo have to duke it out for a couple sandwiches they find randomly in an old fridge in the corner or something. <laughs> like Rappa and Carlton Asshole Shield were down there for a bit. They gave them a fridge. They mm-hmm. find their leftovers. Fat Gum eats some of it. Scooby-Doo tries to fucking make an angle for it. makes a play for it. Shaggy throws his hat in the ring. What does Shaggy do? Oh, well, if you ask any Dragon Ball fan who uh, is on the internet and has looked at a meme, they'll say, Shag will go super ultra instinct, man. 
Ultra Instinct Shaggy, bro. It's so funny, man. I have no idea what that means. Ultra Instinct? No. Man, you don't know dick about Dragon Ball, huh? No. God zero. Damn. Zero. You're missing out. Okay. It's the granddaddy. Started it all, man. I know. We ain't got no Boku no Hero Academia. No, we need Dragon Ball. I know. I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> why? I know. I know why. <laughs> so, episode ends. We get the preview for next week. Uh, it's called Temp Squad. Temp Squad. Temp Squad. Temp Squad. Temp Squad. And Deku does the preview and he says something to the effect of. Uh, we're all still charging ahead. We're all separated. We get shots of everybody in their separate, you know, little spaces. Deku's group is still moving down the hallway. Mario seems to be in close proximity. Fat Gum and um, Kirishima. That's the name. They're still down at the end of the spooky laundry chute. Uh, Bubble Girl's upstairs with the cop. Like, basically, the preview shows you that everybody is very much in separate parts of this yep. stronghold now, right? And uh, Muriel's still running through walls. And Muriel's shit. kitty priding through the motherfucker. And I think it's uh, Deku then says something to the effect of, wait a minute, what are they doing here in the preview? What are they doing here? Who is they? I assume it's somebody that you have some familiarity with and that you're not happy to see. So yeah. I had to make a guess. Yeah, me too. Maybe it's the League of Villains? Uh, that's probably a pretty strong possibility. Maybe it's League of Villains? I don't think it's a maybe. I think it is. Yeah. Um. So League of Villains coming in. Here's the thing. I said it to you. I, I think it was pretty much a no-brainer that um, League of Villains were going to get involved with this at some point. Yep. We, we knew this. Heroes didn't. We did. Um. Except maybe the heroes did know. All right. I said this to you off mic before we started. Um, Gran Torino is not in this... Uh, this raid at all and they do make the point of I think it's it's Sukayuchi who says it to them like he's not going to be joining us today he's working on something else whatever and Deku's like oh that's weird like Gran Torino's the dude he was at the meeting for this Um, maybe what he's been up to while they're getting this raid together is maybe he's been off investigating the League of Villains and just kind of tracking them and seeing what the fuck they're up to and seeing if there's any correlation as to what the Shia Asaikai are up to and what the villains are doing so maybe the League of Villains is about to flank us, and then Gran Torino comes in and saves the motherfucking day. Maybe with a little old All Might, with some quirk juice, quirk juice, quirk juice. What if All Might dies in episode seventy four because he quirk juices after he saves them from a flank? And episode seventy four, All Might dies quirk juice overload. No. With Gran Torino dies from old man overload. <laughs> old happen. man overload happens huh? every day. Old man overload happens every day. <laughs> That's a real medical condition. Old man overload. Oh, dead. What are the symptoms of old man overload? You're grumpy. You're short. You got white hair. You's a bitch. You drool. You fall asleep in weird places. You drive very slow. You smell like perhaps your organs are rotting from the inside. Ah. You keep tissues in your pocket. You got glasses with the chain around your neck. <laughs> you got nose hair that you don't care to pluck no more. Maybe you got fake teeth. Maybe you got a wife. Maybe she's dead. Maybe you wish she was dead. These are all signs of old man fuckositis or whatever the fuck I said it was. Old man fuckositis, huh? What was the name of it before we started all those lists? <laughs> I don't even remember. Whatever. Old Maybe... man. Old man colitis. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shit. Whatever it is, Grant Torino might have it and he might die in episode 74. <laughs> <laughs> so just to recap, uh, we got Tom... Tamajiki, Amajiki. <laughs> that could be one. Could be Kirishima because of the Walking Dead. Could be Fakum because he ain't got no BMI. He's skinny. Although we're associating Kirishima with the Walking Dead. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it makes all the sense. I played out my case. Uh, it could be All Might with the Quirk Juice OD. Could it's be Gran Torino happen. with Old Man Colitis. <laughs> oh my God. And it could be Froppy because that'd be a real easy one without any real work they have to put in and just be easy you feel sad now without any major effects you said tamajiki again (laughs) i said tom tamajiki amajiki i believe is how i just said his name when i started that list i definitely started with tom 
and then went to Tamajiki, and then went to Amajiki. Because I couldn't remember what his first name really was, which is Tamaki Amajiki. See? I remember things. Okay. Whatever. Old man colitis for Gran Torino, though. That's the <laughs> fucking shits. Oh, that's the shits? <laughs> in, a, in a bad way. I know. No, I know. <laughs> shits plural is bad. Yeah. The shit is okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, exactly. that's cool. But if, you, if that's the shits, then. Then that, yeah. That sucks. That's terrible. That's no blame. No paddles. You're up shits creek, man. Up shits creek. No paddles. So. Who do you think is going to die in Pocono Hit Academia, episode 74? Uh, I do not know, man. I think it's going to be either Aizawa, because that's... Could be a good one. Dark yeah, Horse pick. That's a Dark Horse pick. It's another one. We listed like seven potential people who could die in episode 74. Yep. So either way, so long as it's one of those seven, we totally called it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a one in seven chance, bro. Not really, because what if it's not one of those seven people? I mean, we picked seven people, bro. I feel like we covered our bases. <laughs> I know we did, but what if it's not? I'd be pissed. What if it's like <laughs> Shukayuchi? What's his name? Sukayuchi. The, oh. the cop guy that they're friends with. Yeah. All Might's best friend who's a cop. Sukayuchi, I think, is his name. Yeah, I know. Sukayuchi. That took me a minute to try to say it. I just said his name like five minutes ago, too. You know what I've been wondering? Where's the fucking commission, the dog commissioner? Woof. Woof. That was only in Heisei, uh, Hosu City, wasn't it? Oh, it was. You're right. Ooh, go Kyle. Yeah. Tell me I only know about yeah. Dragon Ball again, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, make that sure sucks. you... Uh, Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you know what. Let us know. Who do you think is gonna die in episode seventy four, yeah. Mister Listener? Leave a comments, man. Yeah, let us know. Twitter at DB Super Dope. Um, we don't do Facebook because that's where the Nazis and old people live. Terrible uh, people. Instagram at DB Super Dope. You could email us if you want to get the invitation to the uh, third annual Dragon Ball Super Dope Christmas party. Wow, third annual already. It's Christmas, y'all. What's the matter with me? If you want to get the invite to the third annual Super Dope Christmas party this Saturday, December the 21st, email me. Seriously, just email me. If you tweet at me about it, I don't want to hear it, okay? Um, email me at db... Uh, what the fuck is it? dbsuperdope at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Make sure you rate, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where the podcasts live. Recommend it with your friends. If you got friends who like My Hero Academia and you're not sharing this podcast with them, why not? That's not very cool of you. Yep. You are you are being foolish and selfish. And please do not be a selfish fool, no mas. Share it, people. Seriously, that's how we Sharing find. is caring. I mean, yeah, no. Our best listeners, um the best listeners you find the show come from other listeners who, you know, show them the way in. So this is the way. All right. Mandalorian. This is the way. Episode six was dope the other day. Yeah, it was. For real. I we should do like a just a Mandalorian discussion for the Patreon people one day. Yeah. Just leave it up there. I'll do like the whole season once it's done, maybe. Because doing episode by episode, I'd rather fucking stab myself in the neck with yeah. this pen. But uh, whole whole season discussion, I could probably get down with that. Yeah, me too. Whatever. All right. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Federico, good job, buddy. Thanks, man. Banana. Wait, that's the wrong song. That's uh, the wrong one, man. Peace. Gonna raise my hand with a peace sound. Fetish bro, my demi of songs. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-